The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. You know what I want to talk about this week, listeners? Live streaming. Love me some live streaming, and I know just the person that we want to talk to about it, our guest this week. He is the co-founder and CEO of OnNow.tv, a new website where people can discover, share, and promote live streams happening on platforms such as Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and even Zoom. You can find out more about our guest's work and explore the website by visiting www.onnow.tv. We are happy to welcome Matthew Adele onto the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Matthew. So excited to talk to you. I love live streaming. I am the kind of person that I can just flip on Twitch and just watch musicians all night. And I have to say that anybody who's willing to uh, to make the the day-to-day life of people who watch live streaming a little easier by putting all the live streaming onto one platform uh, is a big win for me. And I think it's going to be a big win for the musicians who are listening who use live streaming to help move their careers forward. So I'm excited to talk to you all about this platform. First off, what motivated you to want to create on now? I'd love to hear some of the backstory on this. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, like everybody else, was a little shell-shocked at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, I came across uh, his first big live stream, a DJ called D-Nice, who was uh, uh, playing a lot of 90s R&B and soul that day. And just my Facebook feed was just lit up with people saying, go check out D-Nice. And I, and I loved it. And a couple weeks later, I read that he had done uh, an event that where he had Michelle Obama as a guest on one of his live streams. And I missed it because although I'm a gamer and I certainly know what you know uh, Twitch is when I'm when I'm on it, uh, I'm not on Twitch all day. I don't have my notification Twitch notifications happening on my phone all day. And I was missing D Nice when I wanted to see him. And then really quickly as other musicians and other kinds of artists and educators started doing more and more live streams, I was pretty much reading about them after they happened. And it occurred to me that live streaming is coming of its own and there needed to be a defragmentation in the market so that normal people could add live streaming to their regular media diet. And it just wasn't convenient enough. And I knew that if we could make it more convenient for hundreds of millions of more people, we'd be able to help tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of musicians on the way. Well, it's certainly a valuable service, not just for people who consume live streaming, but uh, also for the people who produce live streams because it helps bring these people together. I've heard your platform referred to as the TV guide for live streaming, which is probably Mm -hmm. a pretty good way of explaining it. And it's funny because on the surface, it seems like such a simple concept, taking all of these different live streams happening on all these different popular live streaming platforms like Twitch and YouTube and Instagram Live and putting them on one place so that we don't have to jump around to look for what we want to watch. And while the concept seems simple, the execution of it has to be baffling. So, you know, and I'm kind of a, I'm sort of a technophobe on my uh, end, so bear with me on this, but I'm curious, 
how? How do you get all these different live streams to show up on one convenient website where people can see what's playing on all the different platforms out there? Well, the, the first thing we built, and probably the way a lot of independent musicians might interact with us first, is there's a very simple tool that allows anyone to add a live stream to our directory. Uh, and it takes about four minutes, uh, at which point your, your live stream is in our directory, it's searchable, uh, and you have a, a promotional page you can use on your socials to promote your fans to follow that event and make sure they get notifications right before it starts. The key ingredient to live streams is someone might acknowledge a few days in advance that they want to see it, but then you have to remain in touch with them. You have to send them reminders or they'll miss it. Um, and, and so the, the, the first way was really just this simple user-generated you know, entry of the information. Um, but I've been in the music business for a very long time. Uh, I've been in digital music for over 25 years. And uh, when digital music first started, there was no way that everyone handled their metadata the same way. Um, you know, people didn't necessarily put the artist name in the same field uh, consistently and the title and the art might have been different resolutions. And some people's data had who wrote the song and some people didn't. And the standardization of music related metadata was necessary in order for the digital music explosion to have occurred over the last decade or so. And so our, our challenge, but also our promise is that uh, we can go deal with the wild west of all this data where every live stream has got a different shaped picture, um, different data, different types of tags, um, different kinds of URLs. And we're normalizing that data so that it can be searched and browsed and discovered in one consistent way. Uh, and so that we can aggregate that data back to the creators and hosts as well um, in a way that's useful to them to retarget their audience the next time they want to do an event. So it's, it's a lot of data normalization, data massaging uh, to bring all this data in. And my background in, in digital music, uh, I think, allows me to, to see that opportunity pretty clearly. That's a really exciting opportunity. So now put yourself in the shoes of an indie artist, of the kind of folks mm -hmm. that are listening to this podcast who have either started getting into live streaming more out of necessity because the pandemic has sort of taken live performance opportunities away, or maybe one of these indie artists that's been live streaming for 20 years has got it down to a science and has made it a regular part of their content strategy for a long time. Mm -hmm. Talk to those listeners right now and you know, give them some advice on how they might want to get started. If, if you see them using onnow.tv as part of their content strategy, as part of, um, you know, part of their live streaming approach, what does that look like for them in practice and how can they be effective using OnNow? Sure. Of course. That's a great question. Thank you. Well, we work with any live streaming platform, so they don't have to go use a different one if they're already on Twitch or if they're a DJ on Mixcloud or if they prefer to do ticket events on stage it, we can, we can work with all of those systems. So you don't have to change where, you know, where your venue is in order to work for us, work with us. Uh, our service is, by the way, completely free to the creators and musicians in this case. And, uh, what a musician can do is go add their live stream to our uh, system 
And I would imagine most musicians are familiar with using Eventbrite or even Evite to set up events. Very similarly, we generate a single unique page that promotes their event that they can then share on their social media platforms to get their fans to RSVP to the event by adding it to their on now watch list. Then when those users do that, the musician has the opportunity to communicate in it to all those people directly in advance of their stream. We have automated reminders to make sure people tune in when it starts. And then the musician can use the data from our uh, platform to retarget those fans and grow their audience and make sure it's bigger the next time. Uh, that's, that's what we can do for them. But we've learned a few things about what works for independent musicians too, just as sort of watching and seeing what works. Ticketing can be very challenging. Um, and ticketing may not be the right route for a lot of people. Um, uh, but ticketing aside, the thing that can really drive an increased audience share over time is to do your live stream at the exact same time the exact same day of the week over and over and over again. Uh, you know, maybe it's fun to be on Facebook and have your favorite DJ say, Hey, I'm going live in two minutes. Uh, but that DJ has really eliminated a big audience opportunity by not, you know, having a schedule. And so the, 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 the most significant thing I think musicians can do is have a schedule and follow that schedule consistently. The uh, other thing that can really work for, for money uh, because I, you know, all of us are having uh, different financial challenges right now, especially those of us, you know, who are musicians, who are musicians and we're performing live. I don't recommend doing ticketing unless you believe that you have a thousand super fans who will pay, but the tipping mechanism on some of these platforms can be very successful. And I actually think that the tipping is an intimate experience. And so I urge people to provide an intimate experience in their live stream. Um, your live stream is not a reproduction necessarily of what you would have done on stage. Your live stream should be a reproduction of what you would do if you were playing for eight of your closest friends and eight of your favorite musicians in your living room. Um, stay intimate, talk to people. And this might make some performers uncomfortable, but it really does work. The tipping function can really generate revenue if the artist literally says, hey, take a look in the corner down there on your screen. That's our tip jar. Please tip me. Uh, I know it sounds corny, but it works. Uh, and there can be some, some reasonable revenue there. But I do believe that the live streaming opportunity for most independent musicians is about building an audience continuing to work on their craft uh, and possibly even continue to work on material that's not quite finished yet. Uh, a live stream audience is a great place to play a song you wrote yesterday mm -hmm. and play it again a week later after you've rewritten the bridge. Um, that kind of experience will really draw fans close to you and keep them tuning in, I believe. Yeah, that's it's a theme that we've talked about on this program a lot, Matthew, and I'm glad you brought it up again, is this idea of live streaming is a really exciting opportunity for fan engagement and fostering that engagement that you can't get from just playing in a club somewhere. And I think a mm -hmm. lot of the artists, particularly the new live streamers, often have trouble with that, and they try to treat the live stream 
like they're playing in an arena with, you know, 30,000 fans. How's everybody doing tonight? How you doing, Chicago? And it's like, no, no, no. It's more intimate than that. Talk to them one-on-one. And don't feel like everything has to be big and polished and perfect. This can be where you try some material out and let the fans be part of your process. And in in the process of doing that, those same viewers get to, like, become part of who you are. They feel like they're on the inside. They feel like they're one of your friends. And that's the real potential of the live streaming medium. So I'm glad that you identified that. Yeah, I mean, there are some people who've done a great job taking big stadium-type concerts to live streams. Disco Biscuits have been doing it for years. Bush did a really interesting event two weeks ago. Uh, The Tomorrowland Festival in Europe did a production that was practically as complicated as watching the Olympics. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, So it's possible, but, but those will be the edge cases. Um, you know, a great example, I urge everyone to tune into the Jeff Tweedy live stream. Jeff is, uh, you know, the leader of Wilco. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's been doing a regular uh, sort of singer-songwriter show with his two teenage sons in the family bathroom. And it's phenomenal. And it's intimate. Uh, and it's something you can't get anywhere else. And I, I urge everyone to do something on a live stream that's about the live stream medium, as opposed to just replicating what you would have done elsewhere. Um, You know, I'm not this old, I want to be clear, but when television was first invented, um, it basically looked like a combination of radio shows and stage plays, and they just put a camera in front of it. But a decade later, television really came into its own as a medium as people understood the best way to take advantage of it and to create great experiences. And what I love about live streaming right now is people are inventing that on the fly right now. Gosh, that's a really good point. But we've only scratched the surface of what this medium's capable of, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what uh, what the uh, creators listening to this podcast and and just what indie artists in general are going to be able to do with it as we get more time to spend with this medium. And speaking of what's happening next, I'm curious in that same respect with respect to onnow.tv. Where do you see this platform going? Where where do you want it to be in five or ten years as part of the overall live streaming mosaic? Well, I learned in digital music to not talk about what I think is going to happen in 10 years. Gosh, um, ain't that the truth, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, although you can guess what's going to happen in digital music now in 10 years, there'll be two providers. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, right now in live streaming, you know, I'm, I'm thinking more where I want to be in a year. In a year, we want to be global. Um, uh, I think for this to really be compelling, it needs to have millions of live streams uh, for people to discover and a great system to make sure that people don't have to browse through those one at a time, but, you know, surface the ones that are meaningful to each individual user. So we're, we're really focused on being global and driving hundreds of millions of views to our creators' streams. That, that's really what we're all about. And we're certainly about that around here too. And we are about that. You are all about that in terms of being (laughs) like, because we love the, we love the guests on this program that you can just tell by hearing them that they are a friend to the indie artists and they're in it to empower those creators. And you definitely are one of those people. So we're excited. I was in a a punk rock band when I was growing up. Steve Albini produced my band's record when he was in college and I was in high school. Um, And then later I was a rave DJ. I, I, I know the hustle. I know the struggle. Awesome. You're one of us. You got the bona fides, man. I love it. 
All right. So it, since you're one of us and since you are all about empowering these creators, let me go ahead and just give you the last question that we ask all of the folks on the show because I'm excited for your answer. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Let us benefit from your experience and expertise. Yeah, I think in, in terms of revenue, you've got to diversify. You know, if you don't have a Patreon account, you should have one of those two for reaching your super fans. Um, uh, I think uh, Daniel Eck got in a little bit of trouble last week for basically accidentally telling people they, they don't make enough music to make a, a good living. Um, I, I wouldn't ever say write a bunch of shitty songs and get them out in the market but engage with your fans regularly. You know, around live streaming, the best thing you could do on your social media profiles the week before a stream is ask people to vote on a cover song you should perform or, you know, ask what they want to hear. Ask for questions that you can talk about on the live stream. Really, really engage the audience across all your platforms. Um, And then... I think I would urge people to experiment with new genres. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have a background in punk rock. I love all forms of music. A lot of my business has been dance music, house and techno, and, you know, ultimately EDM, which I say in quotes and with a slightly bad taste in my mouth. But <laughs> um, those genres are, are, are very club-centric. And in dance music, you're seeing stuff go down-tempo, and more to, it's still dance music, but more towards home listening. So think about where your audience is. You know, your audience isn't going to be in a sweaty packed club for at least the next 12 months. Um, and they're on their couch and, you know, maybe an acoustic version of your last banger is, is a better choice than the original production. So think about where your audience is. Uh, and, and then from a personal standpoint, I urge independent artists to speak their minds and from their heart. I think we're at a very interesting political transition. Um, and I happen to fall on the left and I'm a big supporter of Black Lives Matter, uh, but I know other people share different opinions. And I urge artists to make art about their opinions and feelings about what's going on today. Uh, I think it's good for their souls and I think it's good for our souls as well powerful, excellent insight. I feel like you've been listening to the last 30 episodes or so of our podcast because you're echoing a lot of the themes that our listeners identify with from listening to the show. So you're definitely clearly you have a lot of very handsome, smart people on the show. (laughs) Bless you. You can find out more (laughs) about our guests work by visiting www.onnow.tv as a consumer of live streaming. This is a valuable service. Our guest is providing Matthew Adele, everybody, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks, Ryan. I hope you and everyone listening stay safe and well. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.